this is Dr. Kara Shepard, and you're listening to Goat Talk with the Goat Doc. everybody this is dr kara shepherd goat.kara um and i have another episode that i'm posting that i recorded on the road this episode is a little bit different style um than the first couple episodes um i explain it a little bit at the beginning of the on the road recording uh i apologize the audio quality on this one there's a little bit of static in a couple of parts i can't figure out how to get rid of that or where it came from um but hopefully it's not too offensive and you can still hear the story uh let me know what you think please subscribe rate and review in itunes um, and you can hit me up at goat.cara at gmail.com or you can find me on the website goatdoc.com enjoy the episode Hey everybody, this is Dr. Kara Shepard. This is a first of a different style episode of Goat Talk with the Goat Doc. Uh, Today is June 15th, 2018, and I have had one heck of a crazy week. So I am just impromptu decided to tell about it on this podcast format and um, decided that maybe if everybody likes it, I will intersperse my normal um, kind of theme educational based podcast with a little bit of storytelling about what it's like to be a large animal veterinarian in rural New England. Um, So this will be Tales from the Road. with the goat doc volume one uh so yeah like i said it's been a heck of a week and it's been a little bit stressful and um this sometimes as a veterinarian on the road you just you can't make this stuff up it's pretty crazy so um the last few days my blood pressure has probably been a little bit higher than normal because I was worried about a case that I saw on Tuesday night. It was a little bit unusual of a case. I, um, I usually talk about goats. I see a lot of goats. Um, this case was a pig. So this was a, a normal client of mine who I see for their very nice uh, beef show cattle. And I was called out there in the evening to check on a pig. Um, that was not doing well. So I, I'll see pigs. I'm happy to see pigs. I, my husband and I have raised pigs for a number of years now, and I get a kick out of them. I think they're really cool creatures. Um, they're funny. They're ornery. Um, I generally enjoy them. So um, <laughs> that was Tuesday, which was voting day for the state of Maine for our primaries. Um, so it was about 730 p.m. and I decided I needed to go vote before I headed over to see this pig. Um, It wasn't an emergency. The pig wasn't in um, immediate danger. Uh, So I went down there 
Um, I went down to our town hall to vote. So I zipped in there and voted, and then I ran back out to the truck and was looking at directions, and in my truck I have a vet box in the back of my truck, so I can't see directly behind my truck. And because I was rushing and thinking about other things, uh, I got in my truck and looked in my rearview mirror, my side rearview mirror, because I can't really see much out of my regular rearview mirror, and... Uh, backed up a little bit and backed right into a late 90s model Ford sedan uh, and crunch went their bumper not too bad little crack in it um, but also right in front of all the people at the town hall so of course you know all the people hanging out at the town hall had immediately word spread that there was a fender bender in the parking lot I was just going to wait patiently for the owner of the car to come out, um, but yeah, that people in town hall took it into their own hands to make sure that he came right out and um, that they went ahead and called the sheriff right away. Uh, so the young gentleman who had driven the car over to vote for the first time uh, came out, and it was his dad's car. Uh, so we, you know, got our insurance cards out, and he wasn't sure what his dad was going to want to do about his car. They lived about a quarter of a mile down the road from the town hall. So dad drives up, comes over, says hi. It's like, what even happened to my car? And we showed him, like, a little crack in the bumper, and he said, oh, I don't care about that. And then I said, well, you know, town hall called the sheriff, so we'll wait and have the sheriff come. And he was like, oh, all right. Uh, so we sat there and chatted for probably a half hour, and the sheriff still didn't show up. And it was really, really, really nice guy. So, I mean, I guess that was one good thing about running into his car is that he was a really, really nice guy. It was nice to meet somebody, you know, that I hadn't met after living in the town for 10 years and found out that they worked in one of the local schools and that the son was home from college in uh, an engineering program. So that was all kind of actually kind of nice. So it could have been much worse, but... and. and or is as good as it could be for running into somebody's car in a stupid way. So, yep, so that happened. And eventually the dad said, you know, forget this. We've been standing here chatting for however long, 20 minutes, half hour. I don't want to wait for the sheriff anymore. I'm going to go tell the town hall clerk and we're leaving. So I said, all right, you know, that's your call. I don't want you to feel pressured or whatever. I'm here, you know, got my insurance information, all that. But he said, nope, I'm done with this. This is silly. And he left. <laughs> so I headed over to see the pig. Uh, the pig was about a 45, 50-minute drive from our town hall. So I headed over there uh, into New Hampshire and went into the dark, you know. It was about 9 o'clock by the time I got there. Um, so fortunately, it's, you know, mid-June, so a little bit of light left, um, but mostly dark, and the owner turned on his tractor headlights and the f uh, four-wheeler headlights and pointed them over in the pen, and his granddaughter, who is a very capable young 4-H'er, had her phone in there with the light on. So I crouched down and got into the little hutch with the pig and uh, did an exam, got a temperature. I went over there expecting something pretty straightforward from the pig, like pneumonia, something with a fever where, you know, we could treat her with antibiotics probably, maybe an anti-inflammatory, and move on with our lives. So I get in there, and if you've never tried to do anything with a pig, 
Um, it's like trying to do something with an ornery armored car. Um, pigs are built with everything largely protected around them. Uh, the thick skin, thick muscle, you know, they grunt a lot when you try to listen to their heart and lungs. They generally don't make it easy. Um, this pig was not obviously not feeling 100%. Um, she's very thin in her abdomen, um, but bright and alert, got right up on her feet when I went inside her little hutch with her. Um, I was able to get a temperature on her, a rectal temp, and that was normal. Uh, heart and lungs sounded fine. Um, she had a bit of a cough when um, I was in there with her, so I thought, oh, okay, so that's, you know, even though she doesn't have much of a temperature, that could be... Um, you know, pneumonia brewing, something where she's not having a, a real elevated fever yet, then that's what I was thinking as she got out of her hutch, because she was sick of me touching her and messing with her. Um, and she went over to a little puddle of water on the ground and started acting like she wanted to nose around in it and drink from it. Um, these pigs had been on a water, uh, nipple waterer, so a little, like, faucet hose hooked up to this little nipple waterer, which they would drink out of, like, a water fountain. Um, she didn't go to that. She went over to a puddle, which, um, and seemed to try to drink some water from that, but didn't seem to be able to do so. Um, and then I said, well, that's, that's kind of funny. Let's try to see what she does if we offer her, like, a nice bowl of water to drink from. So we went over, the owner brought over the hose, got a, a feed bowl, and we filled it up with, it's probably like five gallons of water, and uh, and a pig of her size. So this is a good-sized pig. She's probably, like, if she was, had a full belly and wasn't thin, like her, her cohorts, her pen mates there who are the same age, are probably a solid 250 to 300 pounds. So this is a good-sized pig. Um, she that kind of pig should be able to drink at least half of that bucket of water in no time at all. My my young sow, who's probably 400 pounds now, will down a whole bucket like that and not even think anything of it. Um, so this pig, she was obviously interested and wanted to drink. Um, she went over there, she put her mouth in it, she was trying to create suction, but seemed to be unable to. Um, she The water level in the bucket did not go down at all. For an animal of that size, like I said, she should be able to just clean a couple of gallons of water right up, no problem. Uh, so she was able to get a little bit in her mouth, and then... Uh, didn't seem to have difficulty swallowing and also would have the water in her mouth and then a bunch would come out of her nose so I was like I don't know what's going on there especially for this to happen suddenly if this was a young piglet that was doing something like this with milk or water coming out of its nose I would say oh well it has a cleft palate it has a birth defect um, but for this piglet to, or for this pig to be going on like this and she's months old now that would be really weird for her to have been totally fine up until this point so by this point, it's probably 9.30, quarter to 10, and, you know, the mosquitoes are out, and everybody's getting chewed on, and this pig has no way of being restrained, and she's getting sick of me messing with her, and, you know, it's, there's not much else I can do there um, at that point. So uh, I said to the owner, okay, the next step I would do with this pig is heavily sedate her so I can look in her mouth. Um, I can do that, 
I, I don't really want to do it right now in the dark um, and the mosquitoes and everything. Um, and then also to consider there is if we do that, I'm going to be putting a bunch of sedatives in her, which would have a long meat withholding time. So that would be, you know, a problem if we wanted to eat her or if... Uh, you know, then it basically turns into a really expensive euthanasia if then we find something that is not fixable, basically. Um, so, otherwise, you know, I said to the owner, this pig, she doesn't have a fever. Her, her heart and lungs sound fine. She's not acting like a sick pig. Um, so, uh you know otherwise you know you could either kill her at home and process her at home yourself or see if somebody could take her in at a slaughterhouse tomorrow um, so that's how we left it it's about 10 o'clock I got back in the truck drove the 35 40 minutes home and on the way home it occurred to me that animals with rabies have weird drinking behaviors sometimes uh, weird drinking behavior, inability to swallow. Rabies is also known as hydrophobia. Um, <laughs> that, so that can be a weird neurological manifestation of rabies. So I think my blood pressure went up a little bit right then. And there's nothing I can do about it. By the time I got home, it's like 1030, whatever. Um, I go to bed and I get up the next morning head to work, call the New Hampshire Department of Public Health, um, and leave a message, call the owner, leave a message, don't get in touch with anybody right away, um, and head into the clinic to work, and, uh, wait for the Department of Public Health to call me back in New Hampshire. So, I had probably 10 or 11 o'clock, like, right, a little bit before lunch, uh, the New Hampshire... Department of Ag or Public Health, whoever they had gotten my message to, calls me back and says, yeah, you're right. That could be a clinical sign of rabies. And I was like, okay, great. So I'm going to go over there. You know, hopefully the owner hasn't done anything with this pig. And I'm going to go over there and uh, sedate it and euthanize it and we'll get its head submitted for testing. So I get off the phone with her and I call the owner and the owner has taken the pig to be processed um, and they've already killed it. And I was like, well, that's problematic for a couple of reasons. Uh, first of all, now if this is in fact an animal with rabies, other people have been exposed to it too. Uh, second of all, it's gone across the state line to Maine for processing, which isn't a problem um, unless there's a public health concern. Like, you can bring your animal across state lines to be processed, um, and there's nothing special you need to do for that because it's a slaughter channel. Um, but because now because there is a concern about it, there are potentially two state veterinarians involved, two state public health departments involved, blah, 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 blah. So that stressed me out as well. Um, so I called up the slaughterhouse and I said, hi, I'm calling about this pig and how did you kill it? And because I said, well, most, most slaughterhouses that I've worked with, 
um, use what's called a captive bolt gun, um, and they dispatch, they stun the animal uh, by a captive bolt, so a, a bolt to the brain. So that renders the animal insensible, um, so it does not feel pain, it's not conscious, and then uh, they go along with the processing of it. For whatever reason, um, the person who did the processing of the pig at this facility on this day had done an electrocution of the pig, uh, which, come to find out the next day, is not really kosher um, with the slaughtering worlds. Um, I, I don't, I honestly don't know the details of it, but uh, the New Hampshire Department of Public Health called me back about it. Uh, and asked to know where the pig was processed, so I gave them that information. But the slaughterhouse was very, very helpful in that they removed the pig's head and put it in a bag for me to pick up the next day and drive to the lab. (laughs) So I get up the next morning, nice and early, get on the road about an hour and a half earlier than I had expected to, to go pick up a pig head and drive it to the New Hampshire lab. So I drive about an hour into Maine and I have to drive about an hour the other direction over to New Hampshire before I get to my first call. A whole bunch of other stuff that is completely ridiculous happened in this same time frame. Um, I'm dealing with one of my own goat kids that I'm treating for tetanus, which is kind of ridiculous in and of itself. Um, Most people would very reasonably euthanize an animal like this, um, but... I am having a hard time with this one because she's been stable and not declining um, and seems to be wanting to try. So I'm trying to give her a chance because I can. It's a whole other story right there. Um, So I dropped the pig head off at the University of New Hampshire and met a couple of pathologists there and had a pre-vet student on the road with me that day. So we got to have a little mini tour of of the lab and they've got some really cool stuff going on down there. And I like pathology is great. I love necropsies and uh, postmortem stuff. Like to get an answer is always amazing. Um, and those guys are really like they've got some really cool equipment down there. They're doing some really interesting microbiology stuff. Um, and it was great that I got to go in there and meet them because uh, I'm definitely going to start sending some more stuff to them. And I, it's a I know. Hi, it's okay. I have the little sick goat with me in the truck right now. She's objecting to the bumpy road at the moment. Um, so the guys, the pathologists at, at the New Hampshire lab told me that the rabies turnaround is really pretty quick and should be back in the morning. So that was yesterday. So that was Thursday and today's Friday. Um, but you know, this whole, this whole thing was like a multi-day saga, um, so this morning I'm you know woke up at like three in the morning last night totally stressed out like oh my god what if this pig had rabies (sighs) and like waiting on the way into driving into the clinic today I'm like when's the phone gonna ring so they tell me I can't wait for this call then so they don't they don't call me I get to the clinic at nine o'clock nothing they're you know whatever I go start doing appointments, blah, blah, blah. It's, it's lunchtime. They still haven't called me. And finally, this afternoon, I got the message, which was, I think, 17 seconds long on my phone. The pig is negative for rabies. Thank God. 
I felt my blood pressure come back down to normal or as normal as I guess it can be. Um, but really, really stressful couple of days there. And like, you just, I, this, this job is, it's crazy sometimes. Like, fortunately this had a, a not scary ending. Um, if they had called me and said, Oh, guess what? That pig had rabies. Um, there'd be a number of people looking at getting rabies post-exposure, um, like immunoglobulin, I think is what we do. I'm vaccinated for rabies, and I just had my titers done in January at the VMX conference, which was great um, because I think if my regular doctor did it, it would cost like 600 bucks or something like that, and they, the VMX, the NAVC, um, had provided that service for like $45. So yay. Um, and I am have an adequate titer against rabies. So that's good. Um, but you know, potentially all these people who had been handling this pig when it was alive and like, I would have been at not insignificant risk for exposure because I was sticking, trying to stick my hands in that pig's mouth a little bit. If she had let me, um, trying to see her teeth and things like that and see if I could see a reason why she wasn't able to um, swallow well and why it was coming out her nose. Uh, I, when I talked to the pathologists, I asked them to cut the, the pig's mouth open if they could. Um, I tried to pry it open when I picked it up at the slaughterhouse, but that wasn't happening. Um, just from the rigor mortis of the pig and being in the cooler. Um, so I don't know if there was a gross lesion there yet, but uh, I suspect that that is probably trauma or some kind of foreign body or foreign object stuck in the pig's pharynx or throat, um, which may have been a fixable thing if we sedated her um, and... And, you know, passed a tube or did some kind of oral exam with her under sedation. But at this point, it is all water under the bridge. And I'm really, really glad that that pig didn't have rabies. Uh, (laughs) I did a little bit of educating myself on rabies in livestock um, and pigs in particular when this was all going down. And pigs for pigs to get rabies is very uncommon Um, what I found looks like we get about one to two cases of confirmed rabies in pigs per year in the United States so that's very uncommon but I mean but the vast majority of our pigs are raised in uh, intensive indoor farming situations so that would be very difficult a lot of the pigs I see up here are backyard open to wildlife access to bats or raccoons or foxes or what have you so you know there's potential for exposure there um so all the people who had been handling this pig probably would have had to get rabies post-exposure um because of handling the pig i don't know what they would have done with me because my titers are good i don't i have no idea honestly um and probably most human doctors would have to go look it up because it's not something they deal with very often. Uh, and then we'd have to deal with the slaughterhouse thing. Um, those people may have, you know, depending what kind of personal protective equipment they wear and use on the norm, uh, they might have to have rabies post-exposure. So that would have been a whole lot of expensive rabies post-exposure for everybody. I've heard that it's around like $2,200 per person. <laughs> So that uh, that's glad. I'm glad that we, we don't have to do that. 
um, the more I thought about the pig, you know, I tried to talk myself down a little bit and say, this is probably not rabies because the pig was mentally appropriate. She'd been off her feed for several days um, when I got out there. And usually, apparently in pigs, the clinical course of rabies is very fast. Um, Within three days, they should be down, recumbent, minimally responsive. Um, They don't get furious rabies. So, like, when raccoons and uh, dogs and things like that get rabies, they get aggressive. Uh, Pigs and livestock tend to not do that. So she wasn't really like that. She otherwise, from being thin and having something going on with her swallowing and water coming out her nose she did not act like a sick pig um oh i know you're all right so that was my week and (laughs) that's that there's other stories from this week and maybe i will tell them on a different volume of tales from the road with the goat dock but now it's friday evening and i'm on my way home and Hopefully next week is a little less crazy. Uh, I think that's it for now, and we'll talk to you guys next time.